Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. <laughs> <laughs> We're currently seeking questions for an upcoming Q&A episode special. Whether you want to know what colour our socks are, or perhaps why we're all terrified of snooker, you want to know your questions. To get them to us, simply write down your question on a piece of paper. Memorise it, say it out loud to the people in the local supermarket, get some questionable looks, and then... Once primed, head over to patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. There you will find the place to post your questions and we will get those questions and we will answer them in a special bonus Q&A episode. You don't need to be a patron to get to that specific post, but we will be doing an extra bonus Q&A special fun times episode specifically for the patrons. That's available for as little as a dollar a month. Today's episode is Made Mute. Written by Daniel Wilcox and narrated by Josh Curran. The first thing you need to understand is, he never earned my silence. He took it. There are a lot of things I can tell you about that night. There are a lot of things I could tell you about how it came to be and what might have followed. But... I suppose you'll never believe me. This is all speculation. My version of events. No one can regale the story of how they were shoved into mutism without being met with some kind of skepticism. Everyone has their own biases. Yet, I can assure you that everything that I tell you is and always has been my reality. The first thing you need to understand is that I didn't have what you might call a usual 
childhood. Although on the surface, you wouldn't have been able to tell any different in the playground. My mother loved me as a single mother might. She bathed me, clothed me, loved me, and poured every ounce of the love of her cup until there was none left in reserve for herself. I can remember the degradation of her individuality, the arching of her back as weariness took her. My father was lost to the void, and my mother gave me everything I could have ever wanted until I was at the ripe age of five years old. She lived through me and left nothing behind. People talk about how abandon is the worst pain of all. Many haven't seen the effects of overlove. A nice problem to have for me, but even at that age, I could see it was taking its toll. My sixth year on this planet came and went. My mom stopped caring about herself. She became reclusive, took me to school, then locked herself inside her house until it was time to emerge at the sound of the bell. A burrowing creature, surfacing for morsels of food. It started to have its effects. Even my friends could see that something was wrong. They would tease me about the old crone who hugged me until my eyes bulged and kissed away the scrapes on my knees. Her visage began to leak into my dreams, and nightmares came as they never would. I loved my mother from the bottom of my heart, but even I could see that I was killing her. Those bright-eyed, fuzzy memories from my childhood were lost in the past, and I knew that something drastic had to happen to snap her back into life. She would come alive when I was nearby, but often I'd sneak downstairs at night and see her curled into a ball on the moth-bitten sofa, her thin features harshly illuminated by the TV as she snoozed and cried, not necessarily in that order. You can imagine my excitement when Curtis came into our lives. I'd read enough books and watched enough TV to know that white knights rode into kingdoms scourged with curses and foul things, and saved the princess. I learned enough over the years to know that having a father around was almost always a good thing. Almost. Curtis was a decade older than my mother. He was bald and slathered in tattoos which he hid poorly beneath an unending array of white, short-sleeved t-shirts. Whenever he was around, I'd find myself staring through the thin white cotton at the strange markings beneath, wondering what the story was behind them all. I'd heard that tattoos were painful, and there seemed to be no end to where he had them. Once, I accidentally walked in on Curtis getting dressed, and saw that even his armpits were blackened and decorated. A large python coiled from the nape of his neck, and disappeared below the hem of his stained underpants. Curtis was interesting, to say the least. What I didn't realize was the mixture of angels and demons he'd unleash into our house. Mum changed in the months that followed. 
She took care of herself, paid attention to her clothes, and for the first time in years, wore makeup. They moved quickly, and within three months, Curtis was a regular visitor at our house. He spoke kindly, played catch with me, helped me get through the hard parts of my video games, and soon we were both in love. I could feel my mum's love receding from me. That overbearing, suffocating love was being distributed between the two of us. It was nice. We went out for dinners, we celebrated a Christmas together as a family. Curtis was the father I never knew I needed. As you can guess, that's not where this story ends. Every high is followed by a low. And the start of the new year saw to that. The more comfortable that Curtis became at my home, the more he began to take control. Mum's excitement was short-lived as she turned into a server for Curtis and his whims. He worked the garage down Monk's Hill and would come back to the house tired, grease-covered and in a foul mood. I never saw him hit her, but I saw the bruises. At night, I'd hear him shouting and my mum would cower and whimper like a cornered dog. I was helpless. Somehow, impossibly, she still asked for him to move in. The atmosphere in the house shifted, the very air cold and tense. My nightmares began to return, showing me visions of monolithic pythons and creatures beyond description. The very house seemed to bow to Curtis, my new stepfather, and creaked and groaned as if trying to talk to us, as if trying to warn us. I had never been one for hallucinations, but as the days and weeks passed, I saw the very shadows moving around me. Figures created dark shapes through the gaps in my doorway and only in hiding beneath the duvet would I feel as though they disappeared. Toys and ornaments, which had always been stationary, found a way to move across my room, and after a month or two, I heard the first of the whispers. They spoke in a strange tongue, speaking words I couldn't understand. Their voices were harsh, sounding like bracken scraped across gravel. On several nights, I heard stifled screams from my mother's room, and I'd tear my head out of my duvet, only to find that there was nothing there. I'd tiptoe to my mother's doorway, and be met with Curtis screaming at me to go back to my room. I knew there'd be no happy Christmases after hearing the venom in that voice. Mum vanished. Well, not really. I could hear her sometimes in her bedroom, but Curtis told me that she was sick and not to be visited. What she had was catching, and I'd surely suffer if I went into that room. Although I loved my mum, I didn't doubt that I would suffer if I disobeyed. I was forced to become independent and to provide. Curtis would crash around the house in the mornings, and I would fill my mother's role learning how to cook eggs over easy, crisping the bacon just perfectly, and never forgetting the orange juice with pulp. I make my own way home from school at the age of nine, 
and enjoy a meagre two hours to myself before Curtis came back home like an enraged troll and demanded his dinner. An hour and a half later, and I'd be curled in bed, the whimpers and sobs of my mother, the lullaby to my sleep. The creatures never stopped. Looking back now, maybe they were illusions. Maybe they were ghosts of a twisted memory, caught and manipulated by the hands of time. The creatures who lurked in the shadows could well be fictional, but the stealer of tongues was not. That much, I can tell you for sure. He came the night I broke the rules. Curtis was not due back home for another hour, and I missed my mother with all my heart. I wanted nothing more than to see for myself that she was alive and healing, considering that no doctor had been called to her bedside, and her ailment had shown no signs of abating. The door creaked open, and the smell hit me like a physical thing. I scanned the room and saw the shape of my mother in bed. She was asleep, her chest rising and falling with each breath. She seemed at peace. It was nice. I cried silent tears. Mum. My voice like the flutter of a butterfly's wing. Two lamp-like eyes appeared from the corner and melted from the shadows. A strange beast made of darkness reared its head and screamed an ungodly sound. I cried outly, slamming the door behind me as I tore away from the room and out the front door. I stood in the garden, the faint scent of urine reaching my nostrils, and stared up at her window. The eyes blinked, then extinguished in the gaps between the curtains. I don't know if Curtis knew the truth. I suppose he did, considering the night which followed. I had fallen into an uneasy sleep, visions of the creature filling my head. I wasn't old enough for grown-ups to believe the situation, and so what could I do? Tell the world my mother was being held hostage by a... A what? I'd never seen anything like it in my life. As I reached the zenith of slumber, the door creaked open. The hall light was off, which was unusual given that was the only concession Curtis ever gave to my childish fears. Something moved in the dark, and I already knew what that something could be. Hello? There came no response, only the gentle thud of hooves on the hardwood floors. The advance was slow, and as my eyes adjusted, I could see his shape. He opened his eyes wide, twin suns in the darkness, illuminating all before him, but not behind. All I could see was that his knees seemed to be backwards, and thick tufts of fur covered his body. Please, I pleaded, I just wanted to see my mum. A finger touched my lip. It was dry and brittle, like bark. I tasted something unpleasant, and then his weight was on the bed, straddling me with a steel-like frame of coiled muscle and strength. In hindsight, the next part was a mistake. 
In one swift move, I fumbled for the lamp switch, and in the sudden burst of light, I saw the creature for the full horror that it was. The lamps in his eyes extinguished to a void like blackness that swallowed the entire eye. His face was narrow with large swirling horns protruding from his head. His limbs were stick thin but strong, and he held me down by the neck as searching twig-like fingers found their way into my throat. I could taste dry things. Each movement was like being force-fed a handful of sticks and dried paper. I grasped for air as they went ever further down inside me. Down and down endlessly, as if his fingers were growing while inside my body. I tried to scream, but could only cough and choke. I wriggled, knowing that I needed air more than anything I wished for Mum. Hell, I wished for Curtis, anyone who could come and save me and get this creature of unholy corruption off my body. He looked at me with blank, uncaring eyes. My vision began to blur. I thought for sure that it was all over. Nine years old and gone before my prime. Death would be a sweet release. The creature made a satisfied chirrup from his throat, and the tendrilled fingers released in an instant. He hopped off me and watched for a few seconds as I caressed my throat and grasped for air. My hands touched my lips and felt the warmth of blood. I tasted copper in the absence of twigs. I unleashed everything that I had. I filled my lungs with air and screamed, screamed until my face went blue, screamed until I realized that the scream wouldn't come. And all that came out of my throat was a rasping wheeze. I shouted my mum's name. I shouted for Curtis. I screamed my own name and shouted to the gods for some kind of explanation. The creature proceeded from the room without taking his eyes off me, and I knew that somehow he had taken my voice with him. Who could I tell now about my mother and her imprisonment? Who could I now tell about Curtis and his abuse? I suppose that's the point, really. Who would ever believe this tale to be true? Who would ever believe a man forced into silence? I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Other Stories. Made Mute was written by Daniel Wilcox, narrated by Josh Curran, Edited by Carl Hughes and Duncan Muggleton, with music by Andrew KN and sound effects provided by freesound.org. And the artwork today was provided by Luke Spooner of Carry On House. Daniel Wilcox is the best selling author behind such dark fiction titles as They Rot, They Remain, and Lazarus, written alongside Luke Condor, as well as The Caitlin Chronicles with top 10 Amazon author Michael Onderlay. He is also the producer of the Great Writers Share podcast, interviewing the best and brightest authors around today. To find out more about Dan's work, head over to danielwilcox.com. Once again, we're currently seeking questions for an upcoming Q&A episode special. Whether you want to know what colour our socks are, perhaps why we're all terrified of snooker, we want your questions. To get them to us, head over to patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. Once again, that's patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver.
Until next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.